0: little uh
1: slow sluggish this morning not gonna lie what's that about you doing (laughs) what's the sluggish how's how's your weekend and
0: your week been well you know I've started back working so it's full-time work my son is now in basketball and today starts football so I'm just I'm ripping and running I went from basically kind of working on my own time, doing my own thing. Okay. Now I'm like non-stop. So
1: yeah.
0: you know I'm trying, I'm just trying to get adjusted to life at this point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know that's a uh, lesson in how things change quickly and how everything is like a season. That reminds me of how sometimes in life I'm like really um there's nothingness and it's like oh this is so slow if I'm not working or it's just like what am I doing and it's like you know what really enjoy this because before you know it life is gonna change and you could be very busy and so I think there's definitely a lesson in like being present you know being Grateful for whatever time you have, it whatever moment it is, whether it's a lot or nothing. Because either way, in one of those, you're gonna be wanting craving the other. You know what I'm saying?
0: No, you're right. I I definitely took it for granted. You know, I was able to work on my business and binge watch TV shows. Now I'm like, which way is up? <laughs> I don't have any time for that. But I do I do enjoy what I'm doing now. I'm just trying to find a balance to it. I got Gotcha.
1: Well, congratulations on the new role.
0: Hey, thank you, thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, well, welcome black to Black Around the World, a space devoted to having conversations that connect, enlighten, heal, build community amongst black people globally. I'm Ray. And I'm Queen. Wonderful. Queen, what have you, what kind of moment have you had that embodied community since the last time we spoke?
0: Uh, So, my son's birthday just passed. It was on um, January 26th. And he just recently joined a little local basketball team here, like a rec league. And, you know, I'm kind of like last minute on everything, not going to lie. And so I decided, you know what, we're going to celebrate your birthday on that Friday by going to main event. And so I told his team on Thursday about it. I'm like, hey, I know it's last minute, but if y'all can come celebrate Mac's birthday tomorrow night, it'll be great. I didn't expect anybody to show up,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, just because it was last minute. And so that Friday came and we were there and his coach and his son walked in and I was just blown away. It wasn't the whole team, but the fact that the coach came
1: yeah. Um, I
0: was like, wow. And he, the coach was like, you know, I really make it a point to support my players mm-hmm. that we normally show up to birthday parties. And my son is the only kid. And, you know, his son was the only kid at Mac's birthday party. Mm-hmm. And so I was just really appreciative of that. And I was like, dang, yeah. you know, I felt the love. Mac felt the
1: love. So that was definitely my yeah. moment in the community for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, what did it mean to Mac for the the he appreciate it?
0: girl yes when that boy walked in i'm telling you i gave them their game cards and they were ghosts they yeah. had a ball and you know his grandmother came went around and followed them and the picture she captured it was amazing so you could tell he had
1: a great time i love that i love that so my what moment. was your moment in community my moment in community um so i have i think we were talking about the ups and downs i've had some uh ups and downs I'm a little sluggish too as well but I'm I'm excited one I'm excited because after this I'm having a brunch at my house which that is my jam if anybody knows me I would throw a brunch you know (laughs) and I used to have these annual like New Year's Day brunches because I couldn't party on New Year's Day and so I would have New Year's Day the brunch kind of like we did the virtual. Event on New Year's Day. Those are my New Year's celebrations. It's the day, not into the night. But I'm um, having one a uh, brunch today uh, as I relocated back into my house temporarily, and I'm like, I'm gonna do all the things that I love doing when I have my own space. And so I'm gonna have friends over for brunch. That will definitely be a moment of community because I always do a potluck style. People are gonna bring whatever it is they want to bring. Um, but my uh moment in community's past is recently i had my car broken into um was hella mad i was on instagram which i don't normally do you were. <laughs> you, saw me, you saw me i don't i don't get on instagram and tell people but i'm like you know, uh tell people about my life, but I feel like mostly, I think what prompted it is one, Instagram, I'm always like talking about the good things that happen in my life. And I was like, no, y'all gonna see you when I'm really pissed off when things aren't going well. I want to let y'all know a little bit of both. And I got on there talking about how somebody broke into my car and really, they only stole my yoga mat and my... <laughs> Custom-made bag that I got made in Ghana that had my name engraved on it, but my thing was, um, I my window, my window is busted. Like, it like it's nothing. Like, I felt violated. I still kind of feel violated. I just, you know, got to cleaning the glass. I didn't drive for a week, but um, I um have been calling and there's no window. Oddly enough, I feel like a window is a window is a window, a glass is a glass is a glass, and they're telling me there's no window for my specific car available or around the nation. I don't understand. And my sister's like, "You, you know, you can get it fixed. Don't give up." I'm like, I've called every window place. You now she wants me to like hop state to state calling window places. I'm like, they told me. But anyways, long story short, like my friends, even when my friend didn't know that I can actually get the glass, she sent me money to help me pay for it. um and then, uh, my, uh, I had someone come cause I was going to give up the car. I'm like, I'm selling it. I don't, I'm done. I'm done. No. I was like, I'm abandoned in the car. I'm a little dramatic, but, uh, my, uh, friend was like, listen, I'll come over. My friend Hank was like, I'll come over and make you a temporary window. I was Like, okay. And so basically he came and put the plastic and the tape up and, um, I started driving again i went and i cleaned the glass out and so really that's been my moment of community it's just like people kind of like surrounding me mm-hmm. during that time of uh tragedy tragedy yeah, turned to triumph you were off on instagram you were like this <laughs> shit
2: whole country
1: <laughs> i did it. that was my like welcome back to america i feel like <laughs> Anyways, that was my moment in community. Well, that's beautiful. Uh-huh. Hank is a good guy, so shout out to Hank. He's sure. a good guy. He's a good guy. So I'm super grateful. He's 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 really been there. Uh, Cause like returning back to Tulsa has been r- really weird. I've connected with some people, but there's people who like help me kind of integrate back uh, while I'm here temporarily. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she, she made sure she threw that in there too. <laughs> yeah anyways what are we what are we talking about today oh
0: man we're talking about some great stuff you know um it actually kind of go hand in hand with the past episode that we had but it's restorative justice and what that is and what that looks like um and you know we're gonna have a great conversation um with the gentleman by the name of Xavier, I don't know. Are we giving Xavier's last name? Do we even have Xavier's
1: <laughs> well, we'll let him. We'll let him. We'll let him share that. Yeah, we'll let him introduce himself. No, but, no, no. Um, well, who he's running from or what you know what's
0: yeah. going on. So yeah, and it's it's funny, you know. I was able to have a sit down with um, Xavier, and he's definitely good at what he does.
1: Yeah. It was
0: it was funny, you know. It was just like an introduction, but then after the call, I'm like, that was a therapy session. You know, like, it felt great. I had to really sit in, you know, my life real quick and figure things out. But, um, you know, it it goes hand in hand, like I said, with some things that we have experienced. I don't know if people have noticed, but we kind of, you know, stayed away a little bit from having um, actual guests because we were still trying to figure out our own tone for the show and you know, someone says something, how can we allow them to be them, but also making sure that it's aligned with our mission. And so with restorative justice conversation that I had, it's like, okay, how are we allowing people to to work out their struggles, but still they're a part of the community, you know what I mean? So I know there's a great definition that Xavier can go into as far as, um, you know, what he's doing and the work he's doing, but I just like i said having that conversation with him i'm like oh i need this in my life and we need this in our communities um so yeah
1: yeah thank yeah it's uh it's been a journey and i think it's still a journey i think that particular podcast definitely impacted um our the our our podcasting relationship and so I've been going back and forth with Xavier, unless I'm going to say, I'm going to call Xavier our biggest fan because he does listen to the podcast and he does give me feedback. Um, and I think he's probably the only one that's listened to maybe all of them, except one of them. Um, and so I'm happy to have him on. I know Xavier from a cohort called New Leaders Council, and it's a nationwide um cohort that's focused on developing progressive leaders um in each state and so i met him it was 2020 i believe xavier and we were on everybody was on zoom and we did that cohort on zoom and we um developed a real communal relationship and we've been friends ever since and so it's been nice to see him uh in that capacity and now evolve into the work that he's doing now um, and so I would like to introduce Xavier. Just tell us who you are a little bit about yourself and what
2: you do when we can get into it. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool to use my last name. Can y'all hear me?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Let me um, think. Is
1: it a little low? Can you turn it up?
2: Let's see. Uh...
0: let me know if it's just me, Queen. Can you hear him well? I did have to hit my volume button as soon as he said that. I was like, oh. <laughs>
2: All right. How about this? Is that better?
0: That's beautiful. Yeah.
2: Introduce okay. yourself. All right. So yeah, Xavier Graves. You can use my last name, definitely. Um, uh, and yeah, it was, it was actually 2021. It feels like we've been long, knowing each other even longer than that, right? But it was, we're the 2021 cohort. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: but yeah, just a little bit of background uh, with me. I am originally from West Texas, uh, Midland, Texas. There's nothing but dirt, old and football out there um and some racist white people but we ain't gonna go into that today because we're centering blackness yeah. um but uh yeah I, I've been in Tulsa since 2016 um in a previous life I was a youth pastor doing youth mentorship for like 10 years um but really just needed to like spread my wings outside of the church and I so I was trying... you didn't know that
1: um, did you tell me that <laughs> I've a youth pastor for 10 years was beautiful
2: yeah yeah I don't I'm still recovering from that so that's <laughs> <Yeah>. probably why <laughs> I haven't told you. Um, so I'm still repenting from those sins um, but as I'm just kind of grow, trying to spread my wings really trying to help um, Black youth um, is when I was really uh, trying to figure out how can I do that and NLC was actually pivotal for me of how to do that really centering like Um, the struggle and the punitive nature that we have towards black boys specifically that like they're the most punished demographic in all the categories Um, and so when I was trying to figure out okay how can I support black boys to disrupt the school to prison pipeline that's when I uh, found restorative justice and found this organization that I'm honored to be the executive director of which is called the restorative justice institute of Oklahoma Um, the founder kind of has been practicing restorative justice um, for, you know, I think over a decade here in um, Texas, Oklahoma, as well as in Illinois. And so she kind of just took me on her wing and really uh, made everything that I learned um, from books and podcasts and stuff and just made it really clean and conceptualized it for me. And it's like, oh, this is what I have been doing, but also this is something I can actually do even better with a better framework um, and she's a white woman um, and so she was knowing that this work is very pivotal pivotal, in communities of color so she knew that like in order for this work to actually get out there it needed black leadership um, mm-hmm. so that's when she gave me the keys to the organization like we are we are partners she's not she's not my boss she would never say she's my boss I'm not her boss like we each do our role um, and to, to run the organization um, and bring it to all of Oklahoma, especially the Black diaspora. So also married, it would be 10 years, uh, February 7th and got three beautiful kids. Uh, Dietrich is three, have Kenley at seven and then Zoe at 11. Thought I'd always throw that in.
1: Yes, definitely. I love that. Love the babies. Um, <laughs> thank you for sharing that background with us. You say that restorative justice in other states outside Oklahoma? I mean, that- Oh yeah. I'm sure it is uh, as it stands, but as far as the organization,
2: our organization, we're centered in Oklahoma trying to help it um, help raise awareness here in Oklahoma because there's a lot of people, not a lot of people. There's some people that's using the terminology restorative justice, yeah. but like, yeah, you no, know, they're just they're just yeah. trying to
1: got it. Like on that note, you I mean, you've had conversations with me and Queen uh, about restorative justice. You're doing the work. There's a lot of people who may. Know what it means. Um, what is restorative justice exactly? And then, if you can get into um if we can talk about how restorative justice relates to the diaspora. but like define restorative justice for those who aren't familiar with it, what that works, look what that works look looks like and how you envision doing that in the community,
2: yeah. So restorative justice is used commonly. Um, associated with the criminal legal system, but restorative justice can fit into framework. And it's any approach to harm that centers relationships over rules. Like right now, as it stands, when you go to a school, you go to an organization and just our society, we have laws and rules that govern us to, to quote, quote, unquote, try to keep us safe. Um, and it, you can break a rule and be punished for it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that when you when you broke that rule, you actually harmed someone. Um, and so there's a there's a saying that I love to to use is that like not everything that's against the law is harmful, and not everything that's harmful is against the law. Um, so restorative justice is really uh, how do we address harm that centers relationships over rules, where we uh, give the person who has been who has experienced the harm the space they need to heal and to be heard about the impact of that harm, and to like say this is what I need in order to be restored or healed. And the person who uh, committed that harm, who who transferred that harm, um, what what was their background story because that harm didn't start with them. They're probably they're they're likely responding to something in their environment that caused them to continue to perpetuate that cycle of harm. So what does that person need? Um, what Why did they cause that harm? And then also, what do they need in order to make sure they don't do that harm again? And that usually comes in the form of both support and accountability there's so many people who think that like restorative justice is just about that support side but it's like it's not restorative if you're not holding people accountable to make sure that harm doesn't happen again
1: Mm -hmm. that's accountability is really important how what what ways in which do you carry the seek to carry that out so it's a great idea but what tangible tools what tangible systems and things that you'll create in order for that to happen
2: yeah so um we use circles um which is uh, restorative justice is an indigenous practice not just in native uh, not to native americans but australians native australians native africans of this like approach to community that like um ubuntu i am because you are um so like we have three different circles that we really primarily focus on we have our community connection circles um, because whenever that harm happens like to actually talk about that and, and have the foundation you need to actually keep someone accountable while also supporting them. You got to see their humanity. Um, so just an ongoing uh, opportunity to get into connection, to get into community with people where you can actually see that they are more than what they've done or what they've experienced, but their their whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also uh, the conflict circles, which I kind of talked about earlier. is like, someone who experienced harm, someone who transferred harm. They get into dialogue, conflict mediation with also the community um, as well that's impacted by that harm being there as well to make sure that their voices are heard too of how they were impacted. So like, Ray, like when you talked about, you know, your window being busted into, like, if your community, if your neighbors found out who it was, right? Mm -hmm. Like now everyone's gonna be suspicious of that person. right? So like they experience some kind of harm as well. Um, and they need to be healed um in order for this person to be welcomed back into um that community. Um and then um
1: sorry, go ahead. You're saying the you saying the person who busted in the window experienced harm, that is what led them to commit harm is what you're saying, like hurt people, hurt people. Is that the yeah. what you're saying? Or, yeah.
2: Yeah, I say that, that the violence is uh the cycle of violence has been going on for um since the beginning of time um but I'm saying also saying that like when someone is harmed harmed right the the natural what we when we think of right now is justice is okay well we don't want this person around so let's throw them in the cage right Mm -hmm. but like that's just perpetuating another harm of throwing someone away and so they're not going to stay there forever when Mm -hmm. they get out then what are they going to do we hope that they change but more times than not they they don't, they actually get worse. So. Right.
1: Yeah, I love reading about uh, how restorative justice, you know, started in those indigenous uh, communities like New Zealand, even Rwanda, South Africa, how they have restorative justice courts. Um, yeah. And they've used it to address anything from genocide to like petty theft. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting and, and so
0: you had to do something before the
1: police system you right. know? Mm-hmm. before policing yeah do you know anything about that what that looked like like was that but before policing which like came along during slavery right like mm-hmm. what yep, we people yep. doing to restore relationships you know
2: um yeah so this is what the form in native cultures was doing like they had these processes of that person going in front of the community. Um, we 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 share a story um, about forgiveness. Um, and some of the, the materials that we use that comes from a African we uh, an African culture. We're not sure which one. We're not sure if it's even accurate. If it's just a proverb, but like mm-hmm. is um saying that like when someone murders someone a family member, all right, and they and the community finds out that that person murdered their family member. What they got, what they do is they tie that person up, roll them out in the middle of a lake, and um drop them in the lake, right? Tied up. Wow. And so the family members that, you know, who who experienced the loss, they have a choice, right? They can either let that person drown and quote unquote get their justice, or they can choose to save them and then welcome that person back into their family. And it's yeah. just like a, it's just a concept of like, hey, like your grief your your lack of forgiveness like it, it's going to impact you you have to make a choice you have to make a decision and not just sit with it um and I, I think that's just beautiful because like there's just so many things in my life where like I just I just let the I just let the the pain just sit with me and I never I never work on it um yeah. so
0: I got a few people I wouldn't mind taking to the lake <laughs>
2: sorry
1: no <laughs> no <Nah, nah. laughs> oh, I know I saw you and you're cool you stretch your eyes like the lake you're like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, this is, I'm here for it is the restorative circle and uh, conflict circle the same or is that the same thing or is that...
2: yeah yeah so res- I think there's three different types of restorative circles that we use so I, I usually talk about restorative circles very broadly and then there's community connection. There's conflict, and then there's also support, clarity, and support circles. Um, so when that, when when the harm is not clear, who the actual quote unquote victim is, um, when there's a harm to the community. So like for example, um, a, a situation we worked on here in Sosa, um, there's some boys who uh, as at their new school, and we got this these big bonds to like upgrade some schools. Uh, they pour concrete and before the concrete set the boys were doing something that damaged all of this where they had to redo the pouring causing the district thousand more dollars right um in order to fix this like what is those boys going to do go to every taxpayer and say they're they're you know be, be in front of them a conflict circle with all of them um no but what we can do is uh, really see what is the needs behind their behavior because we feel like every extreme behavior has a need and really try to help support them to make sure that they have the clarity of why they did it as well as what they need in order to go for it and then us as a community kind of keep them accountable and support them to make sure that it doesn't happen again.
1: So with, go ahead.
0: I was going to ask like on a like a real life situation if say if I knew someone who was like wreaking havoc in the community am I able to reach out to you all anonymously so you all can kind of be proactive or does it or do y'all really focus on community and me being you know not anonymous and really trying to build this community sense type of thing
2: (laughs) yeah if someone if someone knew uh about someone else causing havoc but like they were afraid mm-hmm. of coming forward then like to me that person would be um the person who experienced harm and we always put their needs first so we're not putting the the person who transferring harm they're they're not centered as in we're not prioritizing them as the most important part of the circle It's the person who's actually experienced the harm so if you knew someone was going door-to-door vandalizing everything and you were one of those houses that got vandalized um we will we will take your information we'll address that person we'll try to talk to them and, and find out who is their community that they care about in order to get that support and clarity circle for them um, but we also know that like usually when people are hurt when they experience that heart they they do want to say hey you hurt me hey, what you did made me feel this way um, and have that like face-to-face interaction. But if they don't want to, they don't have to. It's
1: beautiful. Like, so what Queen said, like what are y'all doing doing to establish credibility to where someone would trust y'all with a circumstance? Like I want to call Xavier sort of just as I know he could ha- help us handle that. Are you doing pre-work in order to establish yourself in the community to do certain, certain things like that?
2: Yeah, definitely. I would say that's what our main focus, this all, all of this 2022 was for us. Um, we are very passionate about disrupting the school to prison pipeline, but we also know that whenever there's a harm that's happening in the community, mm-hmm. more than likely the person that's uh, experiencing that the most is students and they're coming to school with that harm, with that trauma. So not only us being connected with schools is helping us on that school to prison pipeline work, it's also helping us having our ears to what's happening in the community, but it's also like if we can support uh, families that have children and these are their most precious, um, precious parts of them, then they will. And we are doing well by the students and by their teachers and by this community. We've seen that a lot more people have become trusting uh, of us.
1: Right. Because I would think that because you talked about, you know, going into schools and disrupting the prison to, um to prison pipeline, I would think that starting this work as early as possible, even like I would, you know, elementary school, like the concept of like restorative, you know, restorative conversations as early as possible, because it's like it becomes culture, right? Yeah, like I, don't, I think that obviously it's still new to lots of people, but if you were doing this, let's say on the playground, you know, I would think that. I, that that's where it starts like starting as early as possible are y'all doing work to like like want to bring like some kind of programming to like elementary school so that they grow up into with this mindset of like restorative practices you know
2: yeah so um we're really not trying to be program based because that's just not sustainable in so many ways so um but yes we so this past um I was going up to the dream center and doing this kind of work of just really helping uh young boys realize that like they have already the tools and knowledge within themselves to heal themselves it's yeah. just a matter of like people creating a space for them to do it um and then like when there is conflict around a school, a school can call us to help us mediate that conversation. I've had great circles with young fifth grade students who got gotten fighting fight about in a bathroom over all the things that was trash talk on uh, the video game the previous day. Um, but we also know that like, we can come in with this information, this knowledge, right? And help them to learn these skills, but their teachers are still being punitive then that's just a mixed signal and a big frustration. And so we're also like, I think our our main hope is to help um, teachers as well, because they're just like in a pivotal role with these many students' lives. So if we can get a teacher to practice restorative justice, mm-hmm. they will be able to have a much bigger impact than any program we can start. Yes.
0: Gotcha. So true. That's what I was thinking about, like working with the teachers and, Setting aside time to teach them these practices, because when you yeah, you spend so much time at school, if they're not implementing the strategy, it's kind of like you know, out of sight, out of mind, like it is something that everyone should be practicing,
2: definitely,
0: especially in schools.
2: so, so it's hopefully those things are on on the horizon like we we are also working with the uh, Tulsa Public Schools district office. Um, getting getting work with them to be able to help with the rollout of more restorative justice uh tools for their teachers and, and school leaders
1: and so y'all are just getting started in oklahoma is are there other communities where y'all visited um outside of oklahoma where y'all seen them for the long in the process and um being a little successful at carrying it out
2: yeah we haven't traveled I personally have not traveled to other um, organizations doing this work. I've done a lot of research on it, but that's only what will take you so far. Um, But my colleague, like I said, she's practiced in Texas. She's practiced in um, state penitentiaries in in Illinois. Um, She's practiced here as well. Um, So she's seen other uh, programs and stuff like that. but yeah, we're just trying to bring that information, those processes here to Oklahoma.
0: I have a question. Um, so, like, uh, do y'all have a website where people can maybe have a one pager so they can start implementing these strategies in their home, or do you all really rather people call y'all and you facilitate the the
2: circle? That's a that's a great question. Um, yes, we have a website. We have information. Um, I would not say that there's a document that you can read and just be able to go because a lot of it is internal work. Like if you're not being restorative towards yourself, it's very hard to be restorative towards anyone else. Um, But we do have affordable and accessible uh, training so that people can begin to understand what does it take to be restorative. Uh, But our goal is also, we we don't want to be an organization that lasts forever, we want to train enough restorative leaders uh, to be restorative in their context, whether that is at home, whether it's at schools, whether it's in um, political seats and certain offices, like, we just want this information and this framework to be out there so that people are not coming to us, um, that they know someone in their church that does restoratively that they know someone at their school, they know someone that's just right down the street. That they can go to if they ever had these um conflicts or harm that they wanted that they wanted to pursue without getting the criminal legal system involved
1: did you touch on that uh training that y'all are doing and how that model i think that you were saying like y'all have some y'all even have like training online trainings and then when people go through it then they can do kind of carry out some of the work, and y'all are like kind of like expanding your capacity in that way.
2: Yeah. So um, we have like three different levels of training. Um, last weekend we did a great in-person training for specifically for the North Tulsa community, where we train I think twenty-two or twenty-four restorative uh, leaders that just kind of have the framework and to understand that this is an option that they can see conflict differently and they can just have the hope that there's alternatives and how we're kind of continue to ongoing uh training with them because two two days a day and a half of training is not going to get this like it i i still struggle with it sometimes of like not being punitive and being restorative and so like as now that they are aware of this process, they are aware of this information, this framework, if they see someone that needs it, they can contact us and we can work with them. So it's ongoing training. So they get in life uh, practice um, with with either me and my colleague or one of our other um, further trained facilitators to do that. Um, but then we also are launching um, starting next Sunday. Um, we have a Sunday evening and a Wednesday morning opportunity for people to train online. Um, so they can train anywhere from the state, the country, wherever, um, where it's a cohort of where we're going through, like, what does cultural competence have to do with this? Because like the way our culture, you know, not just our skin color, but like the culture and way we show up and how we see the world shapes how we uh, experience harm as well as transfer harm.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, how, our traumas so understanding people's traumas understanding how to navigate people's traumas um, that's going to be a part um nonviolent communication um, and just like what is the the American history of punishment in America because like you have to understand the context of everything in order to actually make that paradigm shift um, and then it's also based on this like psychotherapy model where it's like like I said you have to be restorative towards yourself in order to be restorative towards others so if there's parts of you that you're not liking that you are dealing with that um you have resentment for because you betrayed yourself at some point like when you see that quality in someone else you're more than likely going to resent it in them too and so you have to is constantly being aware of yourself healing yourself so that you can help others
1: this is deep that's a whole nother conversation right there yeah yeah yeah. doing that internal work like speaking yeah. of that, like, how do you see this work um envisioning and supporting like how is this important to us as the aspirants? like um how do you think how is this imperative to us specifically? Yeah, and I think just like
2: I'm reading a book um home by I think Ya Yasi, that's how you pronounce her name. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but it's interesting. um, I'm only like chapter four or five. But it is about uh two sisters yeah. that were divided at birth in Africa. Uh-huh. One went one track and got and married a white European and mm-hmm. so kind of got into privilege, where the other one um became came to America in the slave trade and just that generational cycle of right, of like that harm that yes you know European white people did but also we were a part of that too but like how do we how do we reconcile that the reason where we are right now you know in the black diaspora like who is still in africa who's in america who has proximity to whiteness and and that and that privilege and who doesn't and all these different things mm-hmm. like we need to we need to like actually have ways of talking about that that doesn't point the finger at one another but just talking about like this is how I feel about this. This is how it's impacting the way I show up. This is how it's impacting the way I think you show up that I don't think is to your fullest potential. But like, can I create a space for you to, to find healing and restoration instead of letting this cycle that started well before any of us was ever born continue to impact the way that I'm raising my kids, right? Or the way that um, I'm choosing my careers, because all of that impacts our everyday decisions
1: wait wait so i know but i have that book and i started okay. it
2: it's a hard I, book isn't it
1: i didn't know that you can get what you just explained from that like do you is it a talking point is it a tool that you think that could like restore relationship with the aspirins and continents of people like that's what i heard from your description like those two pathways that those sisters had mm-hmm. kind of speaks to with the, our current situation now that for the continental people like because i'm very like my heart is to create more dialogue create more space where we are restoring those relationships and like addressing addressing that with continental people are like you know
2: yeah and I, I don't know one i feel like anything can be a tool right <laughs> to help and spring healing um it depends on how we approach that tool I don't know if she specifically wrote that book to be that tool to be that conversation starter yeah. but that that's just what I see when I'm reading this is like man yeah. like
1: from your lens yeah from I got my you. lens it's yeah. like
2: this is what it's making me think because like uh, there's things I'm like I'm very jealous of Africans who don't have to deal with whiteness on an everyday mm-hmm. basis like we do mm-hmm. in America like I'm very jealous of them right um does that mean that like am I blind to ways that they can be jealous of me yeah right and so like just having that conversation where we learn from each other that we are all healing from what the white people did to us yeah (laughs) like let's just let's just call it what it is like we're all healing from the same trauma it's just the way we experience that trauma and the way we are responding to that trauma may be two different things but we're all healing from the same wound
1: that's perfect and I think that it's always, anytime there's like some sort of conflict, some sort of online back and forth between continental people and the aspirants, uh, it's always in relation to whiteness and how white supremacy has impacted us. And like, it's really like, you know, we wouldn't be talking about this if white supremacy didn't have its impact. So it was just like, how can we see past that and have like one, like, See past it and, and like really look at the bigger picture and like how this is impact. Like still the system is still working. <laughs> like and keeping yeah, yeah, us yeah. like united, and keeping us, you know, um, this infighting almost. You know, um, I think it's really important. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: One of the questions we always ask people who are in conflict is like, do you want to be right or do you want to be connected? All right. Like. Like so many times we're, we're, we're talking about who got hurt the most or who um, has the better opportunity, the better situation. It's all about who's right instead of being like, but how is this dividing us and how can we be connected, right? Instead of it's like how we're feeling and experiencing the harm, not who has the best perspective about the harm. That's powerful. I love that. It's a um,
1: Do you want to be right or do you want to be connected? Yeah that's the name of the podcast episode so (laughs) like speaking how can how can people find y'all find you can you share that information please
2: yeah a simple website address www.rjiok.org the Restorative justice institute of oklahoma you can find us on socials uh facebook instagram and linkedin because our bread and butter is that training. We train organizations, businesses, because like let's be real, the plantation still lives in our organizations, and we have to go in, punch a clock, and if we are five minutes late, we disrespected the master, like all this stuff. So it's like, how can we be even restorative in those businesses so that when people are coming to work, they're not, um, they're not still being seen as just the the work that they can do and not the human that they are. So yeah, you can find us on all those socials and then you can always just reach me, Xavier, X-A-V-I-E-R at RJ, uh, yeah, at org for my email.
0: You said a couple of things. Uh, well, actually you said a term and I'm just wanting you to clarify real quick if you don't mind. yeah. yeah, yeah. When you're saying you're trying to get people away from being punitive, what yeah. are some examples of that? Yeah, just yeah. to bring awareness.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think there's a big difference between punishment and accountability. And it's all just based upon, um, are you present or are you not, right? So punishment is about, all right, well, I'm stuck in what you did to me and I really need justice for what you did to me. And I'm not seeing your future. I'm not seeing the moment right now. I'm just really stuck in that past and eye for eye, right? Or, um, it's really anxious fear. Like when we're when we're being pu- punitive, it's really like anxious fear. So like black parents, we spank our kids the most. Like research is like we we punish our kids either by spanking or um by any kind of like reprimanding, uh, more than white parents or Hispanic parents. Like that's just what the research says. And I and I think Tanya Hisi Coast talked about it, it's like because we're afraid that like if they don't learn their lessons, they're gonna get out into society and die, right? But like, or be murdered or not not make it. And that fear of the future makes us really want to have more control um, over our kids. So we end up being more punitive, being so afraid about you know, the future that we can't control, but we're gonna try our hardest anyway. Accountability is like, what do I need to do right now in order to stop this violence from keep going, the violence that happened in the past, but that can have a future, but it's really about what can I do right now? What does this person need right now? Was the um, yeah, what what are the what are the boundaries? What do we need to do right now? It's just about responding in the moment and being very present to um, that person's need in that moment, not not the future and not the past in that moment.
0: I love that. Okay, thank you for. Clarifying because I don't want to be punitive. So I was like, let me make sure I'm not punitive, but I gotta figure out what that is.
2: <laughs> yeah, and more than likely, more than likely you are. I am. Like it's 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 something that has been conditioned in us. Like we have normalized punishment up and down this continent. And um it just it just takes a long time of like, oh, what I just did there was was very punitive. Like for example, um, I, I am not huge on giving compassion to people that I told, that I tried to give advice that, hey, if you do this, it's not going to work out. So my daughter, who has all the energy in the world sometimes, I'm like, hey, if you don't walk straight, you're gonna, you're gonna trip and bust your head, right? And if she does, I feel like, man, I, it's so hard for me to just be like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. I immediately go to I told you not to do that right yeah yeah. and that's being punitive because it's like it's all about like you should have listened to me it's not about like despite if she listened to me or not right now she's hurting Mm -hmm. and I like I don't care about her pain right now I I care that in the past she didn't hear me like she didn't listen to me so um it's an ongoing it's an ongoing process
1: that's good I didn't think about it like that I don't have kids but i babysit and as soon as they do something and they like crying, I'm like, yeah, you're not supposed to be doing that. So this is how you ended up in the switch. So I was wrong. I'm wrong for saying it. <laughs> like-
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not about being right or wrong. Right. But are you connected with that person? Like You can you can you can be straight up. Uh, I could have I could in that situation. It's like, hey, are you OK? Check on her. Make sure she's good and then have that conversation it's like hey this is why I tell you right this is why I tell you so that you don't hurt yourself but like if my first response is about me and the uh-huh. fact that you didn't listen to me
1: uh-huh. then that's
2: like that's that's me being stuck in my past instead of being present in the moment with her right it's- because it's, it I've made it about me and not her and that's really like that's that's all parenting right because if like if you if you really uh, think about how do you define good parenting, this is what I love to do when we're when I'm teaching this to parents. Um, people are like, I let them get that definition in their head. Like, how do they define what it means to be a good father, good mother, good parent? Then I ask them, based upon their current definition, their, was their parents good parents? And so that makes them just choose like, I'm either trying to be just like my parents because I had really good parents, or I'm trying to be the complete opposite of my parents because I didn't have, I didn't have the best parents. But if you're parenting, your definition of parenting, the way you approach parenting, is based upon what you got and what you didn't get. Who's left mm-hmm. out of the picture? Mm-hmm. Your yeah. kids yeah. and what they need, um, and who they are. Um, so it's like it's all about getting unstuck from the past.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah that reminds me I feel like maybe my mom thought she was doing that to an extent but she wasn't because I still got beat she would just be like I'm doing this because I love you she would always have this conversation before I would get a whooping and she'd be like I'm doing this I'm like I don't this doesn't feel like love but okay girl go go off You don't have to talk with me, and I'm like, why are we having this conversation? Just do what you gotta do, girl. <laughs> I'm
0: justifying the fact that I'm about to whoop yo behind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what black kid didn't get that talk though? Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, that is infamous.
0: Well, I love that though how it, the whole restorative justice concept it can apply in so many levels. You know, even when I kind of visited the whole um episode, our past episode situation, you really had me like look inward, you know, yes. you experienced this. This is why you allowed maybe him to say that, or you know, so it really does apply on so many levels, not just someone, you know, doing a crime, but just really like you just experienced like you just the example parenting. You know, I really love this stuff. I really I want
1: to get into that queen, um, where you're speaking of, kind of coded language. But if we can get into that, Xavier, uh, that would be great. Well, okay, so
0: I guess the short version of it, because like you all pointed out, you know, there you have an experience. It, everybody, especially Black people, we all experience things differently, and more specifically. Um, our last episode, we spoke to a gentleman that was from the states, and then a gentleman. Uh, past was... episode, past, past, past. Yeah, yeah, past that. <laughs> but um, so I threw out a question about um, essentially what does what was it what does what does it mean to be pro-black? What do you? Yes, mean? what does it mean to be pro-black? And those answers. It was so night and day, and um, one of the answers basically didn't really sit well with Ray, um, right. and I'm not going to say it sat well with me, but I think I looked at it differently, and you know I am being very coded but it's just you know i'm trying to give a broad overview of like the fact that someone they shared their truth with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can say what he said. He basically said that um, (laughs) he compared the continent, we're speaking continental people and black people. He compared the two, like the biggest thing for me was that part, even though there was a lot of, for me, problematic pieces, but that was the part that jarred me was because I heard a lot of anti-blackness and like, I am, as soon as I hear anti-blackness, like I'm, I'm not here for it. I mean, I feel like I no longer felt safe in that moment, but it was like, he called Black people lazy, and he compared them to of people, specifically Ghanaians, who work hard, and then, um, and in the moment, I didn't know how to respond, and I feel like, for one, that was a layered comment, you know, there's so many things that we're talking about here, but basically, it was, like, point blank, Black people are lazy in America, Ghanaians can do circles around them. And for one, it caught me off guard. We, we are a new podcast, we're still pretty new. And I didn't know how we would go about doing, addressing something like that. I'm like, am I about to debate him? How do I have this conversation? And for me, it was hard. Cause like, he he was like, oh, you, you know, I'm, I am not know I'm gonna ruffle some feathers. And then you were like, oh no, I love it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. like what? It made me rethink like our partnership. It made me rethink why, if, if we were aligned in what we were doing, um, and I think that for one, for me, it's just, it's kind of, it's impacted us moving forward, because I'm like, you know, is that, is that what we're going to be doing, is it going to be constantly, like, combat, I think we've tried to have restorative conversations, and on our own, and we, and we've, we've gotten to a point, um, an okay point, but I, for me, it's been, it's been lingering, it's still, like, lingering, it's like, is that gonna be a thing? Is that going to be like a, a something that's allowed? Cause like for me, I was like ready to shut shut the shit down. I was like, take my name off of it. Like if 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 a if, 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 if like problematic, like anti-blackness is allowed, like this is not what I'm here for. Like I'm not equipped for this, I'm not prepared for that. And so for me, it just it really impacted how I was moving forward, you know.
0: I know for me, when he said that. I I just at that moment, I didn't take it personal because I, I knew that he had his own experience. Right, he's talking about the people he experienced. I didn't really put, I didn't generalize. Even though I guess it was a general comment, I just didn't, I didn't align myself with what he said. However, I have also had my experiences, especially just moving back from Tulsa, where I've said some probably problematic things in comparing black people in Texas to black people or, you know, Dallas to black people in Tulsa. So I guess, you know, you Xavier, um, we kind of gave you an overview of what that experience was like. So how would you approach that, you know, Mm -hmm. what we experienced?
2: Yeah, so I think first, every time we do a restorative circle, we have to get grounded in in the space and like kind of what our goals are. Um, So if you don't mind allowing me to share my screen Um, and then maybe the people who are watching this can see as well. Um, But we feel like as as people, we always have access um, to a core self that's defined or that can be seen as eight Cs um and whether you agree with that or not um we feel like when you're in these eight C's harm doesn't happen um so what I would love for you Ray and Queen to do is let's let's talk about what we hope to come out of this right of this conversation like you personally Ray you personally Queen like what do you hope to come out of this as well as of these eight C's I'll give you time to kind of look over them which one of these eight c's do you want to uh really lean into all right you can see those right
1: Mm, yeah i can see them off top connectedness and curiosity
0: uh what stood out to me was compassion and connectedness
1: Um, and the eight c's because people who are listening don't see it as calmness clarity curiosity, compassion, confidence, courage, creativity, and connectedness.
2: And so, Ray, what do you hope to come out of this um, conversation?
1: Um, For me, I hope that we can come to an understanding of why, you know, Really, be a, a, have an honest conversation of that we can really understand each other's point of view, but also how um, how we can take that connectedness, that energy, and kind of build a build a space that we intended to build with this podcast, which is a healing space, which is a connectedness space. Um, so I think that also just for me and Queen to come to a great understanding of each
2: other so to understand each other deeply but also how to, to kind of walk away with a plan of how to build on this space of being on uh, how to build on this connectedness and healing space that you want this podcast to be Does that sound accurate mm-hmm. okay queen what about you what are your goals
0: my goal is to uh, create some type of clarity, um, for, especially when it came to this past situation, I'm not anti-Black, but I definitely, I definitely want us to be able to create a space where people feel confident enough to share their perspective and then us be ready to, I guess, you know, break it down in a more compassionate way, um, without just, Eliminating what people have to say in their opinions. I want us to be able to have this space where, you know, if someone does say something that could be problematic, us being ready to maybe help them create a different lens on what it is they're saying. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. So create and build clarity on how to respond uh, to people who may have differing views that can be even problematic but like that's just how they're feeling yes um but for y'all to like be able to metabolize that to something that's uh that's clear and creative yes all right
1: so well, we... can I add something
2: yeah, I also yeah, want yeah.
1: like uh on like if there's any unlearning and undoing that either of us have to do I would mm-hmm. like to
2: take place. Unlearning, yeah that's vulnerability right there all right and what I hope to do um because I'm part of this space as well um and just for like listeners the three of these Cs that I always always go into any space with is um compassion curiosity and connectedness um that would not be able to facilitate any restorative conversation if I don't have those three um but also a feeling kind of this need to um be courageous on this moment. The fact that, like, this is being recorded, and we hope that this goes out, that I don't want to uh, make a mistake. Um, and so, uh, the definitions of these that is, is probably different from any, if you just look these up on Webster, but like, one the definitions of courage is to um, strengthen the face of threat, challenge, or danger, uh, to take action toward a goal that others will find overwhelming. Um, And then to take complete responsibility for one's actions and make amends to correct one's errors. Um, And I love the last one, the willingness to reflect upon and explore one's inner world. I really want to just lean lean into that because I just really want this to be an authentic space. Um, And then my goal is uh, to start a conversation where um, that the tools in order to continue to have these restorative conversations, when y'all do disagree, um, that y'all have like a foundation of what that can look like going forward.
1: I like that. Mm -hmm.
2: And so it seems like in from this conversation that Ray, you was the one who kind of experienced the harm and and earlier you said, I felt unsafe. Can you just share uh, with like, what did that mean to feel unsafe in that moment? And how did you experience not just what he said but um how you felt like Queen was um either allowing it or condoning it or affirming it or whatever you felt like kind of go into really just like how you experienced the moment not necessarily um
1: Um, how I experienced the moment um I mean for me anti-blackness is about it's not necessarily about like when I think anti-blackness, I think it's holistic. All of us, like it's you talking about all of us. And for me, I almost I'm like very protective. I'm very protective of Black people, and I and I and I'm very aware that we uphold um, a lot of these harmful um, thought processes ourselves. We expel it like the system is working well if we could just carry on with 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 you know what white people intended.
2: So, Ray, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, and this is kind of something I should do at front. When mm-hmm. you're speaking, speak from I.
1: Um,
2: so, not every black person do that, but us. Uh, let me say when Expose. we perpetuate the system, black, okay. but sometimes, I, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because I know that I, okay, I can be guilty of it because I, I, I have been conditioned like a lot of us to expel. Uh, anti-blackness so in the moment when he said it I felt like um it didn't I know this I know people think like that but it wasn't something I wanted on a platform that I was putting out I also was experiencing like um it was personal too was if this is recorded this is going to be put out what am I going to look like allowing this on something that I am um sharing with the world um and I'm intending to uplift like people I think that it was like a shame I felt in like this is this is what I you know I didn't bet uh the person you know I'm just going 10 miles going 50 miles an hour I don't know if that's fast whatever fast without Thinking and really planning out, and like, am I equipped for this podcast? I think when I say I didn't feel safe, it's unsafe. It's just like it felt like I was. It was me who was only like feeling these things, and like, oh, y'all are in, in agreement. Um, uh, and so any, I mean, anytime anti-blackness is expoused, it is personal for me. And so, if you if you're speaking anti-blackness, then this is not a safe space, you know. Um, and so, I really anything I create is intended to be a safe space. Um, I think that it was just also personal because I didn't I, I didn't have the know how to address it right away, you know. So,
2: um, yeah. And what can you share? If because I know y'all kind of cut that out that mm-hmm. part of the podcast out. Yeah. What are you afraid would happen if? And I know you, you kind of expressed like how you would feel kind of that mm-hmm. shame of people saying, associating you to that, to this anti-Blackness on your platform that you're helping to co-lead with Queen. But what you afraid would happen if someone did like see you as anti-Black?
1: Well, one, like anything, everything I do is about like, Uh, loving black people healing black people and bringing big people in community I lose lose my credibility like what is my work like my work is uh, always centering black people Um, and so I think that like I just then like I can't like I'm not in a position to be like doing this work if this is who I am anti-black you know what I'm saying like if, if I'm okay with you know anti-black rhetoric on anything I do like I think that that's a part of it um because if it were me and I I put myself in the listener seat. if it were me listening to something like that I would immediately want to be because I'm a podcast avid podcast listener and I've learned so much and if I heard someone like if I was an anti-black and it was co-signed by the host I would be like okay I guess it's not the space for me because of who I am and what I care about not everybody is privy you know like you said this I'm speaking from who what I care about you know what my value systems are
2: yeah that's beautiful Um, Queen I I just want you to respond to what you heard so not get into how you experienced just like Ray just shared all the things that what she felt from that like kind of just just witness to her however you want to witness to her like in in restorative justice i'm never going to advocate for someone to apologize for anything right um if that person who actually experienced that harm didn't ask for an apology um but i do want you to just kind of uh kind of witness to what she said
0: um in the most transparent way possible i heard she cares a lot about what other people think um i heard that if someone else's someone else's opinion on her platform also it it, it i don't know how to put this but
2: let me, let me let me slow you down real quick uh we can get into that in a second um okay. so don't don't analyze what she said okay really like, so if I were to repeat back what she said, and this is not what I'm asking you to do, um, she was also she felt the shame because she one question, did she do enough? Um, does she vet? Did she is she equipped to even have this space? Is she the is she the odd one out because everyone else is agreeing? But yet she has a different opinion. So it's like. Is she isolated now? Um, Then also just the personal attack because like, if you feel this way about Blackness, do you also feel this way about me? Because I am Black. And then like, will I be able to continue to do the work that I'm passionate about because people are not going to take me serious when I talk about being pro-Black if I allow this? So just all the things that she felt, how would you respond to like that? Not analyzing whether you agree or disagree with how she felt, just like, this is this is your girl. This and this is what she felt. Like, how do you respond to that? I, uh,
0: my response would be don't think so hard. I don't know. I, I really I can't, it's hard. I, I don't feel that way. So I, I just know that if you know that you aren't anti-black that's all that should matter in my opinion
2: yeah um despite the circumstances of the feelings um how do you feel what makes you feel inadequate me yeah don't you're not you not i am in this rhetorical like just really think about the times where you felt inadequate right? Um, Um, And think about the times where you felt like uh, people wouldn't trust you, um, that you don't belong, right? And then really, like, I think we all experiences experience those from time to time. Um, And despite how we uh, respond, like, just knowing that man, that sucks to feel that way.
0: Well, I know specifically in regards to this topic, them speaking about Ghana and being in Africa, I've never been to the motherland, you know, so I never felt like I had something to add to that conversation. So yeah, um, I guess you can call it inadequate because I didn't have anything to add to the conversation when they speak about Ghanaians and whatnot. I don't really have an opinion because I've never I don't have an experience. Yeah. So a lot of that time I let her take the the lead, especially in that conversation, because I, you know, dude had his comparisons, but I can't compare.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you shared some uh, on the last podcast. I haven't got to listen, right, about your experience in Tulsa. right? And then um, can you relate to what some of the things that Ray felt from that experience?
0: Looking back at it, yeah. Um, the aloneness. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: the, you know, the the odd one out type of situation being, you know, um, yeah, definitely the aloneness for sure. You yeah. know, at that moment, she said she felt alone and unsafe And my experience in Tulsa, I felt alone and unsafe.
2: Yeah. And what about the inability to do the thing that you're most passionate about? Yes. Yeah. And if you can ask the people that you thought was on your side to do something different, to say something different, right? What would Mm -hmm. you want them to say to you? To me? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: We got you, um where do we need to pull up? You know <laughs> you know, just you're not alone we yeah. we're gonna we're gonna take care of this,
2: yeah now if you can tell that's right about this situation if if that feels right to you, if that's what you really want to be for her, mm-hmm. right.
0: Yeah, well definitely right you're not alone, we are in this podcast definitely together. Um, And I am here to. Create these. These this I don't know like whatever response, we need to have when things are getting uncomfortable like i'm definitely willing to. Create that response, you know. I don't want to ever feel like, I, or I want you to feel like I'm co-signing anything that goes against our brand. Um, but that could just, there's a learning lesson there for us to have something in place to where we, we as a group say, okay, we can't allow this type of talk.
2: Yeah.
1: For, I mean, go for ahead. me,
2: go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say. I was go just ahead. gonna
1: say for me. Well, I appreciate that, Queen. Where it is about guests, but it also is about you and me and our like our thought processes on things. It's like for me, it was it made me. It wasn't even no longer about the guests. Now it's about like what are we gonna like? What are you gonna expouse? You know that doesn't that I feel maybe doesn't allow with align with what we're trying to convey here. Like if that's if that's like what you agree with like is is this what we're going to be doing like I, I i that's not what i want to be aligning myself with like is it going are you going to expose something like that and how are we going to handle that that is how i felt too as well so it was more so about no longer about the guests at that point you know at this point
0: um i know in regards to this specific situation considering i've never been like i said to Africa, when that gentleman was sharing his truth, Mm -hmm. I love the fact that he shared his truth. I wasn't me co-signing what he said, because Mm -hmm. like I said, I don't have an opinion on whether or not we're lazier than people in other countries, because I've never been. But for me, I just wanted to create a space where he felt safe enough to say that. So I wasn't necessarily prepared to combat it. But as soon as he said it, a red flag came up for you So I want us to create a space to where if something triggers me, you know, there's a, there's something that we're both like, all right, we're about to dive deep. So I want us to create a space to where if you acknowledge something or you, you witness something that maybe I didn't witness, but you're, you know, that it could be problematic if we create some type of safe word or you know we have a some type of button that we push to where you educate not only our guests but me myself as well you know I want us to have a space where we're both educating each other that's
2: a learning moment for everyone yeah
0: yeah
2: I want to say this we can't get too quick to the problem solving. We're not actually in that space yet. I don't think we actually hit the root of it, right? And let me, like this, I think this goes back to like, do you wanna be right or do you wanna be connected? Because when we talk about whether or not it was the best thing to allow uh, this person to share their truth, and even if that truth is anti-Black, like y'all, the goal is not for y'all to agree on that, right? Mm -hmm. I think the goal is how are y'all in the midst of disagreement because something a different episode it may be something else that yeah. ray disagrees on that queen allows or that queen disagrees on and ray allows. allowed yeah the, the 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 goal what y'all are missing is that y'all are not staying connected That you are allowing whatever someone else says or what even if it's what's coming out of your own mouth disconnect y'all instead of staying you un- united in that front right um how do you know that you're
1: not centering connectedness, and when you're not centering connectedness?
2: Yeah, so when, so when, uh, when you can like get really into compassion, I think is when you can really get into connectedness. Mm-hmm. So, Queen, when I like I, I queued up Ray to share everything that she felt, and that was your opportunity not to agree or disagree with her. All right, but I think naturally, in order to defend yourself and what you did and what you allowed, we immediately went to defensiveness and to have been like, "Man, I know exactly how that feels." And you, you said something of, "I don't want to um, allow someone to say something that's going to bother Ray." Right. So that's about the event, right? But deep down, underneath that event, is like what you should be passionate about more is I never want Ray to feel alone on this podcast. You know, like if she's having a hard time, I want to be there for her. Even if I was wrong, I'm i I'm a, I'm i I'm I'ma you know, do what I need to do in order to feel, connected. even if she's wrong right now, I'm going to at least hear her out and stuff like that. But I want her to know that she can come to me and address this in a way where she feels safe and connected because I know that's exactly what you needed in that moment here in Tulsa and you didn't have it, Mm -hmm. right? Does that make sense?
1: Yes.
0: Now, in a real life situation, like you said, going forward, this could happen again. What steps do you recommend if something was to trigger her but I didn't catch it,
2: you know? Okay, yeah, and we're about to move to that first before we go to the next part, Ray um do you feel like queen understands the position that you were in and how you impacted um if if you have a part of you that don't feel like she really gets it say that mm-hmm. right because we can't just move on yeah we can't get to the solutions if you are not really convinced that she yeah got you
1: um one thing i do want to say is that well, i do want to reassure queen that i'm not opposed to differing opinions but i i'm never going to entertain anti-blackness it's just <laughs> this is a thing but as far as different opinions i'm a i'm not opposed to different opinions but for me i why i draw the line that's anti-blackness that's like racism people are like always you know talking about anyways, disagreement degree and we like that's something i just don't tolerate but i think that um do I feel queen, understand, I mean, when she said, don't think too hard, don't, uh, you care about what people think, that, to me, let me know that she, she still, she doesn't necessarily, uh, whatever the question you said, like, um, understands, you know, what, uh, what I'm feeling, or what the importance of, or what we're discussing, you know, um, and, like, for me, it was, like, minimizing, you're just thinking too much, you're thinking too hard, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, or, you um, stop thinking, care about what people think and it to me is not, it can't be minimized to that, you know,
2: in my opinion. All right, Queen, how does that feel? Just tell me, not not arguing back, just how does that feel to hear that? She's right. I feel like she's right. All right, Ray. how does it feel for her to say that you're right? Um, I
1: think it's bigger. I appreciate that Queen of just like hearing me out and being like, "Yeah,
2: that makes sense. You're right. I appreciate that."
1: Yeah.
2: Um. Now, Queen, now that she kind of said that that part, uh, you know, you you agree that she's right. Is there anything else you want to say a, about your original response? Because you know, I coached you through the next part. I think you did say what you needed to, and and you know, you've never done this before, so it's fine. Um. But like, is there anything you wanna follow up to that on? I believe
0: that Ray is a lot more knowledgeable than I am about what could be Mm anti-Black
2: and not. Mm -hmm. And how does that make you feel? It feels like she has
0: a strength, you know, um, that I need to educate myself on especially if you know we continue this podcast you know i want to make sure that we're on the same page as far as what anti-black is
2: yeah um so i told ray this before but like ray is so pro-black in the most beautiful of ways that it can be intimidating sometimes of mm-hmm. like do i have it all together like you know mm-hmm. i may say some stuff that's anti-black and stuff like that and It can be intimidating sometimes it's like just like am I gonna am I gonna you know do I need to walk on eggshells to make sure I don't say the wrong thing, do you ever feel that. Yes okay yeah
0: for sure um yeah, which is why I made the statement to Ray I feel as if if something else was to come up she'll just want to quit the show um. And I'm not really wanting to create a podcast where I'm editing everything someone has to say. I want us yeah. to get to the point where we can be open and combat whatever she may see black anti-blackness to be, instead of just, you know, editing everything.
2: Yeah. So continue to share how 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 it feels to be um, to be doing this podcast, having to walk on the eggshells, and even in that moment, how you were really trying to like live into your your own definition of pro-blackness by allowing a black man to say what he felt so can you kind of share kind of your experience of that episode
0: absolutely i know when we started this podcast first of all when ray and i would be in conversation she let me just speak and i know i've said some problematic things but something still in her felt like we should have a podcast so that was unfiltered in my opinion that was raw that was us living in our truth and so fast forward when the podcast started and we're implementing guest i'm thinking we're going to allow them to you know live in their truth that they say something we're going to speak up and so going you know re- going through this experience and going forward it feels like it's it's going to be policed and I, I, that isn't what I believe. We've never had that type of dynamic, which is why I believe our conversations in the past have always been so great. Because if I said something, she'll say, girl, nah, you no. Know, or she said something, then I'd be like, oh, no, wait. What do you mean by that? But now it, it doesn't feel like we have that openness now. Now it feels like if they don't agree or if someone says something, we got to be ready and that was, that's a lot more pressure than what I originally anticipated the podcast to be.
2: Right, can you just, you know, not, not justify, not argue back, just kind of witness to everything that uh, Queen just said she felt um, in this transaction?
1: Uh, I didn't ever look at it, look at it like that. I didn't, um, that's a little more clarity of how that impacted her of like the policing and like, um, I think that that's uh, another way of looking at it. <laughs> like yeah. not just feel like with policing, I'm feeling policed. I'm feeling like the guests are gonna be policed. I feel like I gotta be policed. Um I don't I wasn't looking like that. I think that that's something that I definitely want to consider and, and understand more and see how we could. Mm-hmm. not that not that be the feeling you know and just yeah. how she was like I do like I would rather it be a feeling of like if something is said then we could just in um like you say offer another viewpoint instead of just like rigid rules and rigid like it doesn't have to be rigid let's just talk about it you know
2: mm-hmm. um, so yeah yeah, Queen, when you said it feels like being police, I got chills. And I was <laughs> like, what do
1: do? that's not what I want to do. <laughs>
2: yeah. Police like that's, yeah. That's your truth right there. And yeah. I can definitely see that. So do you think that Ray gets it now, that kind of your perspective after you just heard it? Okay.
0: Yes, I do. I I do believe she understands.
2: Yeah. Awesome. So now, Ray, like we can come we'll come up with a plan next right but what do you need from queen from this episode the next episode next episode to make sure that you're never going to feel that when you feel alone you feel isolated when you feel like um even that like your passion may be uh hindered what do you what do you need from queen um in order to go forward
1: Um, I feel like Queen has given me everything I need to go for. I think it's, I mean, to stop me from wrong, because here's why I say that. Because I feel like at this point, it's me and my comfortability. I feel like Queen has, um, showed where she's like, I'm willing to learn. Queen has showed where she's like, I'm willing to understand. I'm here. I'm in the conversation. I'm willing to have the hard conversations. Um, and being like there's there's things that you know I may may not be privy to and I'm open you know I think that those are ways in which you move forward that for me that gives me everything I need to move forward but for me it's like now I need to just get to the point to where if something is said how can I I need to know how to myself engage in the conversation you know and um, yeah that's that's my take
2: yeah, so something very beautiful just happened. I don't know if y'all caught it, right? Um, when you, Ray, you said, she's giving me everything that I need, that her willingness to learn and understand and to be in the conversation. But then you were able to take uh, accountability for your own actions. Like, now it's really about me and my comfortability, right? Mm-hmm. And Queen, I think that's what you were trying to hit it earlier, is like, she cares a lot about what other people think, Right it's so much better when she can actually own that for herself than for someone to put that on her. Right. Like I have the confidence that like people are always trying to grow and, and be better, but it's not something that we can impose on them. It's something that they need to pick up for themselves and they can take, they will take it a lot f- further than if it's actually imposed on them. So like the fact that Ray got there just because um, you witness her pain and you say, I'm going to support you. Now she's going to be holding herself accountable as well as what you can do going forward, um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out because that was that was beautiful, Ray. All right, um, Queen, what do you need from Ray going forward to make sure you're not feeling policed?
0: Ooh, I would love for Ray to, in in those moments, stand up for what she believes. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Combat whatever it is that is problematic and educate both the person that said it and myself. If I was the one to say it, you know, I want her to in those moments, take that time to really use our platform to educate.
2: Wow, Excuse that's me. beautiful, right. Thank how's you. that how's that
1: feel to to hear that? I, I appreciate it. I mean, it excites me um it also is just like it is it definitely puts the ball to my course like all right girl if you care about these things then do it like be about it then you know what i'm saying like
2: yeah. um yeah but queen is also making the space for you to for to do the thing that you're very passionate and that you're very good at you know yeah. you're mm-hmm. very passionate and very good at it. and yes it can be scary and i can i already know off top what something that i think you, you should do um but like what I'm hearing, I just want to repeat back um, that Queen will definitely continue to like lean into uh, curiosity and and seeking understanding when, um, whenever Ray does feel like there's something that's kind of anti-Black, like Queen will do that. And then, um, so you, you're good with that Queen that you will take that on? Absolutely. Yeah. And then Ray, are, are you willing to like maybe it's not going to be easy off talk, but really you start to lean into speaking your truth in those moments.
0: Yeah. 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 I would like um, to
2: add something. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: After that, that incident, when we stopped recording and she opened up and told me why she felt uncomfortable with having that out, her explanation was spot on. And I wish At that moment, she would have just told dude that, you know, um, because I think he would have got it, you know, I think he would have understood. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you have a powerful opinion and you are good at educating and it's just, you know, reaffirming the fact that you have this platform to do that. And Mm -hmm. I am, I am willing to learn as well. Like I said, I'm still learning.
2: Yeah. And I was, if I can advocate for you real quick, Ray, and let me know if I'm off. I know that uh, when you are a passionate, um, very analytical, and you're able to identify the problem. Um, you don't wanna always be known as that person that finds the problem everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if there's not a safe space of like the people willing to listen, you don't wanna butt in and, and, and teach people because then it's like, oh, here comes Ray, know it, know it all, and always find something wrong and stuff like that. So it can be tiring. I know that personally for myself. And like Ray, if there's anything else you wanted to share, like what part of you kind of uh, kind of makes you freeze up in those moments of so speaking your truth? Because we all know that you know how powerful your voice is, but in that moment, there's a part of you that kind of drives your bus, and it's like, no, we're not getting this right now.
1: Yeah, no, that definitely is one. um of just being like I don't want to be seen as the person who always going to find the wrong but also for me I'm a processor and so takes like in the moment I'm like I feel something but I don't know it I don't even outside a situation like this I'm a processor and sometimes I don't really even know what it is that I feel and how I even want to respond and that's also that would arose too that's another layer of like uh, insecurity for me is like it takes me a while to figure and, and make the connection into what I feel and to like explaining what it is that I want to say. And so I think that that is also what I was feeling too of like I feel something, but I'm not sure what it is at the moment. And then it wasn't, of course, like what you said, it wasn't until after the fact that I was telling her, you know, what it was that I was feeling which I think we recorded that we can actually play that at the yeah. end of this yeah. um
2: yeah I think that's I think that's beautiful I think that y'all are already figuring it out like y'all I feel like y'all are bringing up stuff that y'all could have said earlier but maybe Definitely. weren't comfortable and now you're already getting to a point where you're having these open conversations mm-hmm. um and so lastly I've been kind of just before we get into problem solving of like what we can do better next time uh queen how can you hold uh ray accountable to speaking her truth i think you create a space where you're allowing it is the support part but what's the accountability part where you if you ever feel like oh i can tell ray kind of shut down and i can sense she has something to say but she's not saying it what is something that you can do to kind of hold her accountable i
0: can slow down the pace and let her know hold on i'm seeing you got your gears turning. Do you mm-hmm. want to say something? Mm-hmm. You know, le- giving her that floor instead of, you know, letting her internalize it, let her let her know I f- I feel like that might have not sat well with you or that you got something to say. Do you feel comfortable sharing it? Um, you know, just letting her know that I'm I realize your energy changed. Yeah.
2: Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah,
1: sorry for
2: her. No, you go ahead. What are you going to say? And
1: I also just want to say, Queen. I'm like, just know that I'm not here to be right. Like, I want to know, like, if I oppose, a di- if I offer a different viewpoint, I'm, I really want you to be in the conversation with me and be like, well, this is how I'm seeing it. Like, I really want us to, like, explore our different viewpoints, too.
2: Yeah, have a dialogue. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, um, Ray, if you ever feel like you are... Exploring a different dialogue, and maybe it's uh, triggering to Queen in some way, and yeah. she kind of slows down that that willingness to learn and understand. Um, what what is something you can do to keep her accountable to getting back into that uh, curious space instead of "I'm um, um, right" space?
1: Um, asking questions. <laughs> I think that's always way to trigger curiousness uh, uh, or curiousness. Um, I could ask her in you know, a reminder of this conversation. Are you want to be right or you want to be wrong? Or I don't know, I can ask her for me it's always like asking a question to get people to pause. I think asking questions causes people to pause and remember. And so for me it would be to ask a question.
2: Yeah. Awesome. I think how, how's that fall on you, Queen?
0: I I agree. You know, in that moment when I said I love it, because I say I love it all the time, but I just love when people are in their truth. But yeah. if that felt like a co sign at that moment, I wish she would have been like, "Do you really love it?" So you agree <laughs> with me. Um, then How I would be clear. I'm like, well, I don't believe all black people are lazy, but I love that he's sharing his truth. You know? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. that's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, I think y'all got it. I I feel like if y'all do those things, right, Mm -hmm. um, that support of like Ray speaking your truth, but also like um, when she says, hey, are you you speaking your truth? You like take the opportunity to do it and and to slow down. Um, And then Queen, when you're, you know, making that space that you're willing to learn and understand, that will open her up to speak her truth. And then if you ever feel a certain way and get defensive, like just, you know, if Ray kind of just asks you those questions. You just accept those questions. Like I feel like with that, y'all can y'all can overcome any disagreement or anything. Um, I, as far as like this situation, um, right? You said something. It Says I will allow disagreements, but my line is anti-blackness and racism. Right? I want to come. I want to come back to this real quick. Um. Why is that your line? And is, is that is that line in itself being anti-Black? Only, only white people can be racist. Only white people can be anti-Black. We can't be anti-Black.
1: No, we can't be anti-Black. I have no tolerance. For, like, Because for me, my locus of uh, control, and maybe that's the wrong word, but my locus of control is us. And like for me, it's really important how we see each other. Don't so, wait. Let me just say it's really important how we see each other and talk about each other. Like white, like racism exists, whiteness exists. That's not, I'm not trying to combat that. Like, well, for me, it's just like how are we speaking about each other is really important to me. How we see each other is really important to me. Like um, uh, yeah, that's undoing all that shit because I feel like that is what causes us to see each other in negative ways is white supremacy and whiteness it's like bro like can we like I don't want us to be in that space like that's the space that I want us to be elevated past you know
2: yeah so uh realize that mm-hmm. is what stems that's where the policing stems from you mm-hmm. said my locus of control you don't Ooh. control that shit Mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you right now you don't control you don't control how black people see themselves mm-hmm. like and like when you do that's when we take a policing mindset of like oh i can i can make this safer for blackness no like we have centuries of hurting each other
1: uh-huh.
2: via whiteness that you're not going to undo in your lifetime
1: can i influence it though
2: can you influence that's the difference that's that i think that's where where it has to be it's like but can you influence it if you're not in the conversation with it Mm -hmm. like if you if that's your cutoff is like this is my line i ain't i ain't allowing it then you are no longer in the conversation with it
1: yeah no definitely i agree i definitely
2: agree um and then queen all right Mm -hmm. you like you said i love it when people speak their truth all right Mm -hmm. all right um But is, when does allowing people just to speak their truth allow them to be more identified in that truth in that moment instead of actually finding the door to healing?
0: I can be honest, I still need healing. Um, Mm -hmm. And when dude said what he said, I I resonated with it because I'm still going through my own hurt. I'm comparing black people, you know, like I said, so. I I'm still in the learning. I don't yes. think I'm in the teaching, which is why yeah. I really want to use this platform to put people on like you, so I can learn as well. Cause I can never say that I'm super anti-black. Cause I might say a lot of stuff problematic and not even know it. You know, I yeah. am a system. I mean I'm product of this system as well, but I am willing to learn. Yeah.
2: So, um, you know, I you think-
0: upset, I'm sorry no go ahead i was gonna say if someone says something that i feel like i can speak to i will Mm -hmm. yeah
2: so i think also having a clear definition for both of you of like what does healing blackness look like not just like being pro-black or you know not allowing anti-black but what does it look like for you to be a part of the healing process of black you queen you right right because like there is a point like even in the circle where like I do want the person who experienced harm to be witnessed to all right? but like if this just stops with like oh yeah we let you speak your truth we let you get it all out but we're not actually talking about the next steps of accountability to make sure you're not stuck in there then it's really not healing anyone mm-hmm. I think that's the same thing for you like once you've gotten out now if we if we really love you queen we'll we'll talk about that way so much you need to heal from what has happened to you because we love you and we want to see you grow if we just allow you to vent every time and just like oh well that's just her trauma then now we're identifying you as your trauma and feel like that's just your normal and that's not that's not loving that's not healing and i think that's what also like as you're having guests come on and they're speaking their truth yes love it but love it into the next phase at their time, like not not your timetable. Um, but like, okay, but how can we open up curiosity and compassion to this person so that they can keep going and not get stuck? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Absolutely. So
0: absolutely. Um
1: shoot.
2: Yeah. I feel like our circle is done. I thank y'all so much. I thought it was beautiful. I was yeah. like, I don't know getting into this if it's gonna, if it's gonna work out right. Uh, especially after <laughs> Queen was like, and hey, she didn't quit caring about what people think. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like,
1: we'll, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> what I think is, you care about what people think. I was like, oh okay. What we're
2: <laughs> we go in there. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, uh, but no, I think y'all y'all really uh, leaned into what y'all said. Y'all going to that, especially that connectedness, that compassion, that curiosity. That I feel like is a great circle. So I think I'm y'all... looking forward
1: to listening, to, watching, the rewatching this. I'm gonna yeah. say that, but yes. Yeah i appreciate you so much xavier for coming on this is by far my favorite his episode yeah. and um and i hope we keep the same energy and having candid wonderful beautiful conversations like this moving forward where we're all learning and growing i'm truly really grateful to you xavier for this time and extending that to us yeah, yes i definitely
0: out, enjoyed um, this therapy
1: session <laughs> Root there <laughs> because i mean you have a, a weird relationship with that word right like <laughs> yeah
2: it's like i don't know i because i know that blackness has a weird relationship with that word it's like is this is this the good therapy that we want right. or is I that just you. like a why you trying to fix me therapy uh right. so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well thank you um I think you should. Where we can, where you, we can find you on social media. You can find us on Black Around the World um, underscore, I believe, under Black Around the World underscore on Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? <laughs> We always forget. Is it is it underscore or not? underscore. <laughs> you're right. YouTube, Black Around the World, Spotify, Black Around the World. And Xavier, if you can help us figure out how to get it on other platforms, but right now we're on Spotify, YouTube, and our social media is Instagram. So Yes, yes. Well, thank, thank you me, y'all. Man. I got you to do this brunch. Y'all enjoy your Sunday. Yeah. You your family. Y'all,
2: yeah. y'all stay Black. <laughs> stay yes,
1: black. stay Black. <laughs> See you, Queen. See you. Black. Bye.